Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. As ever, I am your host, Legal86, and I am joined by my two fantastic friends, Nerd Bomber and Technic. You might even call us the Fantastic Three. Doesn't rhyme though. Or, well, it doesn't, it's not alliterative. The it's terrific not fun, three. Like Fantastic Four. That's pretty good. It needs to be a, th- a th- like TH, like the, th- th- well, we'll workshop it. We'll work on it. The thrombosis three. Yep. We all have deep vein thrombosis. You know what it is? We're sitting down when we do the podcast and that's bad for, you shouldn't be sitting down for that long. That's like, well, first, let's just, just take a step back for a second. I think that's like legitimately true. Like we're probably, it's probably not healthy for us to be sitting, but then like, like you go to movies and sit this long. I think, yeah, I, I think it's like you have an issue when you sit for a really long time and I don't think we're in that category personally, but what do I know? I think if if we have thrombosis, it's like shallow vein thrombosis. It's not deep vein thrombosis, which is, that's the one you really got to worry about. We're not going to talk about thrombosis, but we are the thrombosis three. We are here to talk to you about a new reality show that Netflix is going to be rolling out. They've just announced it. We're going to be talking about a new show that HBO just announced. And we're going to be talking about Joker two, which you probably heard a lot about in the past couple of weeks through various snippets. If you're anything like me, shifting away from the video game heavy segments of the past couple of weeks and turning our attention towards, I don't know, greater pop culture. Well, not like better, but like the greater pop culture world you know before we get into all that though i have an update potentially should save it for my what are you up to but i just want to at the beginning of last week's episode first of all i watched or i listened to the episodes on a weekly basis now which i that's exciting i, I didn't i didn't always do that I, I think you guys always did i didn't always do that listen to them on a weekly basis now just listen to them back you know see how my form is so to speak and i think last week at the beginning of the episode or like at some point i think i said that i had gotten a roomba as a gift and I wanted to provide a brief update on that. You guys are a Roomba family, correct? Yes, we are. We love our Roomba. Eh. Not a sponsor, but uh, we're all we all own Roombas now. So we did a bolt. We did a bold thing. I, I will just own that. So yesterday was Father's Day. Happy belated Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Hope you had a great day. It was also my my mother's birthday. So kind of the the wombo combo. Like all this to say, we had to go to my parents' house. Like it was it was an obligation. Not that we didn't want to, but it was like a firm commitment. So we. I in the morning I unpacked the Roomba for the first time and was very excited to like I set the dock up in a in a central location that I thought would work and I plugged it into charge a little bit and then we were in the car on the way to my parents' house and my fiance turned to me and said you should start the Roomba now while you were gone this was a mistake for the first yeah, time so, so first time maiden voyage of this thing we were like it can handle it we're at my parents probably a half an hour to an hour somewhere in that range and i get a message on my phone which the notification system worked great by the way it said roomba is stuck near a cliff so you know not knowing yeah roombas roombas and their notifications are rather dramatic (laughs) yeah it it went and like i laughed so like mission accomplished with the notification i laughed it it got my attention so i i opened the app just to see if i get any more information there's no more information about it so then this is where I, I really kicked it into, into high gear. I We just got a smart camera also from the bridal shower. And it's like, shout out to Wise, which I wish Wise was a sponsor of the podcast because I have like four cameras for, for, from Wise. And we just got the Wise Cam Pan, which you can actually like move the camera around with your phone. It's super cool. So I booted that up and I was like, can I see the Roomba anywhere? I checked all my indoor cameras, which I, I only have two indoors, but I checked both of them. Couldn't see it anywhere. So I was like, where the heck? Like... The one camera had a vague view of the stairs. And I, I figured, okay, it, it's it's stuck on the stairs down into the lower level of our house. So we'll just, we'll get it when we get back. 
but I didn't see it there. So I was like, where could that be? We get back like like five hours later. So it was just kind of like chilling out. It was in our bathroom and it was like on the rug. And for some reason, it thought the rug was a cliff. So this is all to say, what the hell? Like, what, what, did, what did I do wrong? And like, I don't, I don't expect you guys to have the answer. And we haven't no, run like I said, Roombas are absolutely dramatic. Like, completely and totally dramatic. And that's why when you guys were like, I love them. I was like, eh, because they're dramatic. And then like, unless you get the super sucky one, we have the normal one. You got to clear out all the dust and then you're sneezing, coughing. Well, it's, it's also like, the thing that was so confusing. So our bathroom it has the two little rugs. I, you could probably call them bath mats. They're the classic bathroom rug that are like fuzzy on one side and like rubbery, sticky on the other side. You know what I'm talking about. And the most confusing thing was it, you could see from like the the quality of the two rugs, it traversed one of the rugs. So like it went onto one of them and like got off of it fine, had no problem. You could see the tracks. And then on the other one, it was like, this is a cliff. Like what, I just don't, I'm, for the time being, I'm not, I'm going to give it another chance. I'm going to monitor it heavily this time, but I'm disappointed. That's, I guess, my immediate Was reaction. Was it like a Maybe super expectations plush, thick high. rug? It's not that plush. Again, it's just a classic bathroom rug. Like, it's not like high, like, intensity rug. I don't know. It, just, so it, it feels question. like it should be traversable. If that's the only place where the Roomba can't operate, they did come, I believe all Roombas come with at least one sensor beam blocker thing. And if you haven't used them in other places in your house, just throw it in front of the bathroom and then let the Roomba do what it can around all the other areas of your house and not worry about the bathroom well so we didn't i don't think we have a sensor off to check they might not do that anymore the like beam blocker thing we had to buy one which i could do but the other thing i'm wondering and tactic this is where you come in to explain like lidar to me because it doesn't use lidar the rug is black should i be is that something i should be concerned about like is it because the color of the rug is black and the roomba saw a deep chasm of blackness and was like no. this is a cliff nope. So I know that you have the same Roomba that we do. And when it gets on it, right, it gets stuck on it. Correct. And, and the difference is in why, that's why it's a, a super plush rug. So if you look, there's actually a little like movable wheel. wheel and if it yeah. hangs down, so if it like hangs over a ledge or something and it was like that, halfway on the rug. So that's right. probably what... Right. Yeah. So the other half, that's probably where the sensor was that was hanging off. So it probably set like saw that it wasn't in contact with the ground and thinks that it hit like a stair or something. That's how it works. It's just well, like a, that, so, a height sensor, honestly. And that makes sense. But like, but then, so there was also a button in the app, which I'm sure you're well familiar with. That was just like, okay, I, it was like, just go home. Like, just go back to your little base and just chill if you can't figure this out. So I hit that button and it's like, we can't. Well, because if like, he's stuck can, on a like, cliff, he's just not going to move forward like it just doesn't do a lot of back it does just like forward rotate forward rotate i feel like i should be able to like force move it like just like i'd be like they hit a button that says like give it some gas you know like well not i know you're not stuck because because if it is stuck on something so basically they don't want to do it via remote because if you're not home if you're not actually seeing that it's just like a bath mat or something and it's actually hanging over a stair you're basically gonna tell it to give it the gas and launch it off a staircase this may be a similar set of circumstances to the bread box where I, we got a bread box and I was very dissatisfied with it. And it turns out that we weren't using the bread box, right? This is like, maybe I, my expectations for the Roomba are just, are not reasonable. Yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll update further, I guess. I haven't run the Roomba since, but that's what's going on in my life right now. Just uh, uh, close the bathroom door and you should be fine. There's, yeah, there's, there's probably a lot we could do, but I, I thought the most constructive thing was to, 
I mean, to get on the air and talk to you guys about Nerd it. Bomber just came in with the haven't you people ever heard of closing the goddamn right. door. We could just close the door. That's right. And maybe we should. It seems like we should at this point. I don't know if this is going to be like, maybe the rug was like kicked up on the, in the corner a little bit and that's what caused it. I don't know. We'll probably try another run and I'll be closely monitoring it and I'll see it screw up and I'll be like, okay, you're fired. And then I'll close the bathroom door whenever we want to use it. Yeah, it is. It's, it's much better to face these things with a sense of poise and rationality. Because when it first came off the like, cause again, when we first started it, I booted up my camera and I saw it like come off the base and like start kind of diddly dooting around. And I was like, this is the cool. I felt like, I felt like Tony Stark. I was like, this is the coolest thing in the world. A robot doing my chores. I would say typically though, for like a maiden voyage of a robot, you want to be home to monitor and make sure it's not like, you know, plotting to take over yeah. the universe or something like that. I trusted the technology too much. I'm, I'm willing to own that. I think this the second voyage is, is probably going to be uh, more successful. At least I'm hoping so. But that's what's going on in my life. Uh, we'll get to more of our what are you up to later. I don't have much more besides that. Just full disclosure. But I wanted to... I couldn't wait on that. I just wanted to like talk about Roomba. But now let's talk about Squid Game. So Squid Game... Look, you all watched Squid Game. Did you guys actually watch Squid Game? I watched yeah. parts oh, of Squid yeah. Game. Yeah. I didn't watch all of it. You didn't finish it? I watched... Well, I, wa- I actually did finish it in the sense that my fiance was like, do you want to watch Squid Game? And I was like, no. And then like halfway through, I would be like walking by and I would see her watching it and I would get sucked in. So by the end, I was like, yeah, I'm watching this now. It was one of those situations. So I, I know how it ended. And I saw the ending. Not that that super matters to this, the premise of this story. But essentially, the story here is uh, Netflix was like, okay, Squid Game was really good. They are turning it into a, an actual reality show. Now, since you guys watched the whole season one of the show, I want you to explain to me if there is an explanation. $4.56 million with 456 players. Is that a... What's the significance of that? Is it just the fact that it's $1,000 per player? Is that the thing that like... Yeah, basically, are those numbers every, meaningful in the show? Yeah, it has to be proportional to the number of players because every player that goes adds to the pot. And the right. there was also a, a theory in it that if everyone voted to stop right there, they would split the money amongst everyone. So if if right, right off the bat everyone says no, we're not doing it, then they get a thousand dollars each. And so that's but no one like that's not life changing. That's nothing. But then then they no don't have do a that. chance to change their ma- mind or anything. It has to be all or nothing. And so even cover your plane ticket. Right. And so every time a person goes. A thousand dollars is added to the pot. A thousand dollars, thousand dollars, thousand dollars until you're at four point five six. But if I recall correctly, I don't think you get multiple chances to to vote, or maybe you do. I can't remember. I think you do. Well, I think you get to vote to stop the game, but I don't think they did get to split the money. I think that was just it. Then they went home. So yes. why why four hundred and fifty six? Is that number meaningful or is that just what they chose i couldn't tell you you're asking me to yeah, remember it's... back from like a year ago no, and that's, the first I, like episode set up things right so the, kind of one of the big deals here so yeah you know you know what this is going to be it's going to be challenges inspired by the show as well and they say as well as surprising new additions encouraging players to form alliances deploy strategies you know do reality show stuff basically my point of reference here is survivor i'm a huge survivor fan i may have mentioned it on the show before probably mentioned it again i've watched every single season of the show to kind of put into perspective so survivor has been on the air since the year 2000 i believe so over 20 years 22 years and counting the largest prize they have ever had is two million dollars and when they did that it was a huge deal 4.56 4.56 million dollars assuming that they get to the end and one person walks away you know it, it's it's unprecedented and that's like that alone is kind of like it's kind of cool 
like, let alone like the, the Squid Game trappings of, of it. Like, that's really not it's, a lot of money. Well, it's not, but in the context of reality television, it's a lot of money. That's it's a, a lot of and money. Like, I'd say it's a lot of money. It is also just, it's generally a lot of money. I mean, it's, like, it's in the millions. It's a lot of money. It's going to be exciting to see, you know, I assume the people working on the show, like the, the crew, is going to be wearing the PlayStation helmets, you know, the triangle helmets or whatever you want to call them. That'll be cool to see. I don't know. Like I, I, my, again, my context, my level of context is relatively low compared to you guys. So I guess as far as specific events, I couldn't speculate so, too much on it. Yeah. It's going to be the same it format of children's games where every time you win, you move on to the next round. There will not be murder. They have removed that from the competition. It's, it's basically just going to be children inspired games to keep moving forward in the competition where you have to form alliances, stab people in the back what have you to continue to move forward? As I said, no murder, but they are casting um, starting in the next couple of months and you can actually register online if you're interested. I believe the website is squidgamecasting.com and give it your shot. I'm not going to do it because I have a scheduling conflict, but I I encourage everyone to do it because I think it'd be a wild ride, at least to say you tried. See, I'm going to be probably the person debbie downer the debbie downer on this whole thing i think this is kind of wrong so first of all if you've watched the show to its full extent and i guess maybe a teeny bit of spoiler here so close your ear holes if you haven't watched it yet but the entire premise was basically casting a light on how you know billionaires use poor people as playthings to entertain themselves no matter what the cost is to all of the poor people they're using as entertainment and it was more of a social commentary kind of show like yes it was entertaining and there was a lot of you know kind of drama mystery and obviously shock value because people were getting killed in this game and nobody really knew what to expect from the show in the first place but it just it feels like it's ironic. taking yeah it's <laughs> ironic but not in a good way because i feel like everybody's going to be watching this and right. the message of the original show is going to be bastardized because it's being turned into a reality tv show right so it's you know the the, the original show it's it's just an allegory right that's that's all it is and and you're right that they're basically taking this dystopian idea and are like wouldn't it be cool if this was real life though and like anyone who can read the subtext of the show which is like not hard to read is like no it's not it's not cool <laughs> it's terrible and but like hey, also you know. and this is this is the other thing and there's no way they could have the show with murder but i feel like part of what made squid game so intense as you're watching it and like you connected with specific characters is like death was permanent if you lost in the game you died and not that not right. winning four million dollars isn't like a a big incentive here but like there's really no risk reward like you're not risking anything right. with you just have a potential to win big and obviously yeah netflix can't be murdering people but i feel like it's just not going to have that same gravitas and it, like i said it's going to basically bastardize the premise of the original show because then it's going to turn into like all of these fun kid games and ooh, let's see who's forming alliances with who right well, and the, it's going to be like survivor the almost. other thing too is one of the most intense episodes was when all of the lights went off. All of a sudden, people started killing other people in night during bedtime. Like, it wasn't part of the competition. And part of me feels like 
in the same vein of the show, they're going to leverage that type of drama. But how do you how do you eliminate people when it's not in the competition? And so I, I could see it definitely taking advantage of people's like own mental health, right? Be, imagine being on edge, not even during the competition, but also every night when you're sleeping, night after night after night. It's it's going to make for, quote, good television. But to your point, Nerd Bomber, at what cost? Yeah. Is this going to turn into something like, what was that prison experiment where they had some people... Stan- like The Stanford prison experiment. Yeah. Is it yeah. going to turn into that? Like, is that what Netflix is going to give us and we're not going to realize until we're like halfway through a season and all of a sudden these people are taking it super seriously? Like, is that what's going to happen? And if so, like, that's also not ethical and moral. I'm so just like, I don't know. This just feels wrong in so I many mean, different facets to me like if it's the too- ethical the ethical and moral part you, again you could say that you could you could transfer that to so many reality shows so many reality shows are not that so, but it's like I, I agree with your point one of the one of the really good points you made is if they're not dying it, and it's like i hate saying this but if they're not dying the entertainment value of a lot of it is is taken away i'm not saying that netflix should kill them obviously i'm, I'm just saying that at that point you you get something that's like I'm sure a step above like the floor is lava in production value, but like, do you ever watch that show? The floor is lava on Netflix. It's like, it's fun for like 20 minutes. But even in like non murdery reality shows, there is drama. That's delicious. We'll call it. And it gets people hooked. So there's going to be something there's going to be right. It's not just going to be the floor is lava playing games type thing. There's, there's going to be, nefarious acts that occur but it's still to me like it loses all of the gravitas that was posed by the original show it takes the message of the original show and it's just like you know what let's make a laughing stock out of this let's give people money and like i'm all for giving people money but it's just i don't know something about this feels off to me i'm not here for it i think it's still a really good idea and i'm sure that when they when they came up with this in the boardroom somewhere they were just they were giddy with excitement about it and they should be it's like it's it's a winning idea. It's going to make them a bunch of money. I guarantee you. I I do think about, you know, and again, having not even watched the whole show myself, but the parts that I watched, the entertainment value was, it, it wasn't really in the games themselves. It was in you watching it going, oh my God, this is so messed up. Like that was the whole thing. That was the whole premise of the show. I was like, this is really messed up. If you're into messed up stuff and like you get entertainment value from that, you should watch this show. And then like everybody did, by the way, which is also, that's also interesting. But I I think it's still a good idea. I still I still land on the side of it's a good idea. It's it could be really fun if done if done properly. But your point of it bastardizing the original message of the show is is a point well made. When this comes out, I do not know. I'm not sure anyone knows yet. Ten episodes is what we have. No idea when it's coming. Yeah, I'm scrolling through here. There's there's really no announcement. Of course, they're they're casting now. The website squidgamecasting.com. You can check that out if you're interested in maybe winning four million dollars. I don't know, four and a half million dollars. Uh, I might want to give that a try, but be careful. <laughs> I don't know. I just Squid Game is crazy. But be warned. Joker two is our next topic. Now, my exposure to Joker two. I mean, I just read an article to discuss it on the podcast, but my previous exposure to it came in the form of basically two tweets that I that kind of scrolled by my face. You know, it's 2022. That's how I consume news, which is sad, but it's true. Two things about Joker 2. One, it's a musical. So just take a minute, let that marinate. Two, Lady Gaga is maybe slash probably going to be in it. As Harley Quinn. Did you guys watch Joker? We did, yes. Yeah, so, so, so did I. Well, I'm sure we talked about it on the show. I can't remember our opinions of it. I will say that my opinion of it was... It wasn't that good. 
Like, it was fine. It wasn't like... It's a movie that made a lot of waves, and I'm not sure that it should have. I That's think it kind was, of my... For me, I think it was an interesting portrayal of somebody's descent into madness, depression, darkness, what have you. It wasn't a... Like, it wasn't a fun watch, though. Like, there were a lot of people who were like, this is such a good movie. And to me, I just felt unsettled. That is what I remember my takeaway yeah. from that movie was. was I didn't what they were going for. Well, right. But sure. I didn't enjoy watching it. And I was just very unsettled by it. Yeah, you, you don't feel good when it's over. Well, you feel good because you're like, okay, good, that's over. Which, like, to me, that's not... It's hard to say that's not, that's not the mark of a good movie. But it's just... It doesn't... I don't like thinking about it. So, therefore, to me, it's not that good of a movie. I guess it's kind of my So I don't know how very familiar you guys are with Harley Quinn's backstory and why I think this is actually going to be good. Are you guys familiar? I am, but for the listeners, you should probably yeah. elaborate. So Harley Quinn started off as a psychiatrist and her patient was the Joker. And as she, session after session after session, she starts to, to question her own life choices and, and her own who she is and things like that and eventually falls madly in love with him because his ideals start to speak to her and she becomes head over heels with her then she slips into into insanity and becomes harley quinn this makes perfect sense to me one for lady gaga i think she's going to do a phenomenal job two for it to be a musical because i think the majority of the movie is going to end up in her own mind like none of it is going to be reality it's entirely going to be her mental state slipping into madness from the way she's perceiving the world see but i don't know if that's going to be the way that this is framed because it's a joker movie it's not a harley quinn movie and so i don't think this will be like in her brain and i i'm a little curious at the choice to make the entire thing a musical because i know one of their like hit scenes from the joker movie was he was like dancing or singing I mean, I, dancing on the steps yeah yeah and i feel like they just latched onto that and they're like, okay, well, that was the most iconic scene from this movie. Let's be clever here and turn the entire sequel into a musical. And I, I don't disagree that it won't be an interesting story because I do, like, I think the relationship between the Joker and Harley Quinn, that's a really interesting thing to look at in no matter what medium or iteration of the Joker and Harley Quinn that we've seen. But I just, I find it really hard because the Joker was, obviously, yeah, you kind of saw like the inner workings of a madman and the joker but you still saw it from the third person and i don't think like getting into like their mind and having like See, imaginative set pieces is going to work but but harley know. the way that harley sees the joker towards her is not the way that the joker is towards her the joker is heavily heavily abusive towards her and in order for it to make sense would be to for her to see it with rose-colored glasses in this light and cheery side. And that, that's where my stance is coming from. So if ever there was a way to get me... Cause if, if they said Joker 2 is coming out, go see it. It's going to be like Joker 1. I'm not sure I'm going. A great way to get me to go, or at least be more interested in going, is say that it's a musical because I'm just really confused by that. And like, I want to know, I want to know why, I want to know how. And, and I agree, Nurbomber, I think they, they probably latched on to a couple of things. They latched on to the fact that they had one good scene with the Gary Glitter song where he's dancing on the steps. And also the movie won, I believe it won the Oscar for best score. So they were, they were like, the, mu the music in this movie was clearly good and successful. So let's just kind of like weaponize that. I'm just saying, if, if, if we're ever going to lock something in as a tactic prediction, that's what it's going to be. I will lock it in. We'll, we'll revisit this when it comes out and it's not that. Or when it is that. I 
I don't know about Lady Gaga. Like, I heard she was bad in the House of Gucci movie. I think, I thought in Star is Born, which I did see and she was in, like, she's a great singer. She's an amazing musician. I don't know if she's an amazing actress. She's fine. But, like, I don't, like, I think people see this as, like, this is a heavy hitter, big win. And, like, it's a big win for them to, to get her. But I don't know that she has the range, the believable range to play Harley Quinn in the conventional way. Now, I might disagree with you on that because okay maybe she doesn't have a lot of acting chops right now but if you like in terms of like traditional movies theater film what have you but if you look at her music career i would argue she really leaned into acting the quirky part because you know it's kind of hit or miss sometimes you see interviews with her like i'm I'm just imagining like the meat dress do you remember that and she of course who could forget the meat dress right in like the early stages of her music career, you know, she really leaned into that very kind of over the top personality, which I think fits very well with the Harley Quinn thing if she can channel that sort of energy. But then if you see like actual interviews of her, just like in her day to day, she obviously isn't that I don't want to call it extra, but she isn't right. that like demonstrative of a person like she's just a regular person in her day to day. So I think she does have the ability to kind of channel that sort of frenetic's not even the right word, but she has that ability to channel that sort of out there sort you of could energy. Argue, but I right. think you, I don't you even could, think it's that out there energy. I think where she's really going to shine is playing Dr. Quinzel, the psychiatrist. Yeah, I just don't think that's true. I just don't think that's true. I, I, I think, Nerbrahmer, I think you're right that I think her musician... The musician is a character of sorts. I just don't know. In, unless they do something unconventional, which, you know, Joker, the first Joker, obviously did something unconventional. I don't see her as, as a convincing Harley Quinn or as a convincing Dr. Quinzel. Uh, I, I could be wrong. Call that another tactic prediction if you, if you like. Maybe it's an illegal prediction. Me saying, I don't think she's going to be that good. But this movie has a title that I can't pronounce, but I'm going to try. Joker Folie Adieu. It's French. It refers to a medical term for identical or similar mental disorders that affect two or more individuals, usually members of the same family. So, again, kind of telegraphing where things are going with Harley Quinn, in a sense. Uh, Also worth noting, Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix, has not yet closed a deal to play Joker. Uh, He's certainly going to, because I'm sure Warner Brothers is just throwing money at him. Plus, I think, I want to recall that I saw, maybe it was like Instagram, I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure he posted a picture of him you know reading the script or something like that he did so he's he's involved in the process it's just they're probably just dotting the i's and crossing the d's so to speak who's to say we don't know when this is coming yet do you guys think that batman like do you think they'll ever rope batman into this joker kind of like i don't want to call it like a mini series but it kind of is at this point now that it has a sequel do you think it's always just going to be you know the joker because i mean obviously it took place in gotham but you can't just have this guy running amok in the streets like they have to reel it in at some point the presence of batman implies some kind of redemption at some point and the first joker kind of made it clear at least to me that like they have no interest in that <laughs> i think it's going to be a downward spiral all the way it's going to batman's so involvement no. is going to be the same as spider-man's involvement in venom where you see it on posters you know that he exists in this universe but he's never going to show face Right, which is weird in and of itself because of how kind of yin and yang Batman and the Joker are, you know, canonically. But that's, you know, again, this, the first movie and probably this movie have no interest in doing things traditionally or, you know, 
what doing what people expect and that doesn't bother me necessarily i just i th- i think it worked for them really really well once from a commercial perspective i don't know that it's going to again but again saying it's musical gets me more interested than i typically would be so power to them on that again we don't know when this comes out but i would assume at least a year from now probably quite a bit longer two years something like that let us know what you think are you interested in the joker 2 are you interested in lady gaga are you interested in the fact that it's a musical or are you kind of saying no thanks to all this uh, at online warriors one at ow league lady six at ow nerd bomber and at ow tactic are our twitter handles and of course the handle of the main show account as well hit us up there have a conversation with us we'd love to talk to you we're going to take a short break now to shout out a sponsor before we come back and discuss uh, john snow but before we do that uh, we're going to discuss our john snow that's mr stephen keller that's our our patreon knight steven is a knight he is john snow basically he supports us at the top level of our patreon subscriber tree that is the knight level as a result he gets access to the monthly secret segment and vlog of course but he also gets input into the weekly game segment he gets the occasional guest spot on the show and he gets this producer shout out every episode you want to be like steven you want to be like john snow i didn't watch all of game of thrones but it seems like he's pretty cool we're going to talk about him in a little bit if you're not quite a john snow if you're more of a samuel tarley I guess you could say, but I'm digging deep in my Game of Thrones here. Uh, You could be a squire, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And there's also a page level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. I don't know who that would be. Don't test me on this. I really, I really don't know. But any and all of those levels of support and all the details on them can be found over at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Check us out over there. Say hi to us. Say hi to Steven. Help us keep things rolling along here and uh, consider giving back to the show that you are currently listening to. Thanks again to Steven. For right now, we'll take a break to shout out a sponsor, and we'll be back to talk about Jon Snow. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because we heard them advertise on other shows, and quite frankly, I wanted to see what all the hype was about, and let me tell you, the hype was real. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It's quick and easy for me to toss back in the morning as I'm getting ready for work. One scoop into a glass of water helps me wake up even on tired mornings, and I know my gut and immune system will be prepped for the day. And I know what you're thinking. Green drink. Blech. But Athletic Greens Green Drink actually tastes really good. The best part is that I get all my supplements in for way cheaper than taking individual supplements themselves. It costs less than three bucks a day, so you're investing in your health for cheaper than a cup of coffee. It's also a trusted product. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and comes recommended by professional athletes and leading health experts alike. And for every purchase, you're helping to feed kids. Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks to Athletic Greens for helping to sponsor the show. And now we'll get back to the episode. All right. So if it wasn't clear before, when I just stumbled through 
a description of Jon Snow and his buddy Samwell Tarly. I did not watch all of Game of Thrones, nor did I read all the but books. But you watched some read of the it, first right? Book. I watched some of it. I read the first book and like half of the second book. And like, I was pretty into it there for a second. They're long endeavors. Those books take forever. To yeah, read. it's a it's a lot. Long story short, you know, Jon Snow, you know, even having been on the outside looking in while the show was kind of releasing itself and like people were watching and I knew Jon Snow was a big deal. He was a fan favorite. At one point he, he dies and comes back. Spoilers, but I got, I know that and I haven't watched it. So it's not really a spoiler at this point. He's a fan favorite and they're bringing him back. Well, prospectively bringing him back. HBO is currently in the process of popping out as many Game of Thrones things as they, as they can and, and really who could blame them. And they are bringing back Jon Snow in a sequel series, live action, Kit Harrington will be returning to reprise the role, at least in its current early development phase. He is attached to it. And uh, yeah, so a couple of notes here that are important things to bring up. This will be the first sequel series out of eight Game of Thrones spinoff that HBO has in development. The rest are prequels, which I find that interesting. To me, you know, and then they mentioned this in this Polygon article we have, that it's it's probably harder to write a sequel series than it is to write a prequel series. You, you're kind of tied to a lot more, it feels like. Well, I feel like for the sequel series, so we already know George R.R. R. Martin didn't finish the books yet. And probably never will. I mean, let's, just, let's just say he it. probably will at some point. He says he's close. He consistently says he's close year after year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For forever. But... <laughs> You know, when they ran out of source material with the original show, that's when things started going downhill. That's when fans and critics alike both kind of said, what is going on here? There doesn't feel like there's a common thread. It feels like this is super rushed and that there's no clear direction. And the ending felt kind of slap happy and put together. I feel like for a prequel show, it's probably a little bit better because George R.R. R. Martin does a really good job in terms of world building. You know, I feel like he probably has bunches of notebooks full of you know, the history of Westeros and everything that happened. So I feel like he probably has all of this historical context from when he was writing the book. So tapping into prequel content is probably pretty easy because you just go to him and say, hey, man, like, I know you don't have like a structured thing here, but you have like a general notebook sense of, you know, what happened in the past. Give us your notebooks. We'll come up with a story. Give it the okay. We'll move on. We can flesh it out. So you kind of have some structure. But in terms of like what happens after, George R.R. R. Martin doesn't even know what happened before the after. Right. So how You're are totally you... totally free balling. Yeah. How are you going to, you know, do anything here? And not that like Jon Snow was one of the premier characters, I would say, out of the entire series. But like it just feels weird to kind of go back to him to go back to any of these characters at this point i mean a but you just you just named the counter argument which is john snow people love john snow well and his, again it, what's his mission that's what i'm struggling what is going to be his driving force that gets him up in the in the morning because like at this point i mean most everything has been resolved like the massive conflict between who is going to be on the throne like that all has been resolved so what is his purpose what is the adventure here? Is he just going to be like hanging out with a bunch of wildlings? Like what what is happening with him that will be compelling? He's Mandalorianing. Like that's what it feels like it's going to turn into. And it could, I mean, hey, that could work. I mean, maybe. again, not knowing much myself, it could totally work. But we've already like, I don't know. I feel like they need structure when it comes to the Game of Thrones world just because 
it is so interconnected. There's so many different things that you have to have like intricate knowledge of to pull off good storytelling in the world of Game of Thrones. And if they're well, just so free balling it, I right. don't think they can do it. I'm glad you brought that up because to me, one of the most emblematic things about Game of Thrones is the interconnected characters and just how many of them there are. It's what makes the show a little bit more advanced, like arguably hard to follow, hard to get into because there's so many characters doing so many things at once. Yes, they're all interconnected and they all interact with each other in interesting ways. When you take that away, you you lose something definitely. You lose like this like I don't want to call it a soap opera quality, but I do think there is a soap opera quality to Game of Thrones. People die at crazy times. There's so many characters that when they die, there's still a huge ensemble to work with. It's like, it's part of what I think made the show so buzzy and, and what gave it so much staying power, even when it got sucky towards the end. So if you're putting all your eggs in one basket and saying, people care most about this one character, so there's going to be a show about this one character. Well, he's never going to die then. Like he's safe. Well, he's right, exactly. Arguably, you don't have Game of Thrones anymore. And like, if the goal of these series, spinoff series, is we want to recreate the the glory and the greatness that was Game of Thrones, yeah, this is not the way to do that. I mean, I think they can still get a successful show out of it. Again, if they go like Mandalorian route, like he meets a kid or something, like yeah, maybe. Can you imagine <laughs> if like, they called Game of Thrones Ned Stark, and they're just like, ah, sorry. Right. <laughs> Right. Well, and I don't know. I don't know that they're going to call this show Jon Snow. They're probably, they're probably going to call it like Snow is Falling or something like something weird like that. I have no idea. But it does seem like it potentially flies in the face of, again, to me, what is one of like the most emblematic things of, of, of Game of Thrones, well, emblematic aspects of it. And I feel like so. they run the risk, too, of doing too much of a good thing. So Game of Thrones was obviously a huge moneymaker for everyone involved. And that's kind of why they want to keep it alive and make all of these spinoff series. But Walking Dead is a cautionary tale of how that can go so very, very wrong. First of all, if you don't have good Has it content, gone wrong, though? I mean, yes. Has Walking Dead gone wrong? I truly don't know anybody that watches the spinoff shows. I was a diehard Walking Dead fan. I loved the comics. I loved the base TV show. Some point along the line when they hit, like, I don't know, season six or seven, it jumped the shark. And I think part of why it jumped the shark was because they lost a little bit of focus. They added on some spinoffs and I don't think they had a cohesive plan for what to do. And they were just spread too thin and there was just too much Walking Dead and people just tapped out because you can't keep track of all of these different shows that are happening concurrently in the same so it's universe. happening with marvel exactly i was gonna say but and, and i agree I, I i both of those examples i think marvel's overextending i think walking dead definitely overextended but like i think right now walking dead is still on, like at least one of the spinoffs is still on tv so it's still successful enough but okay the bottom line is such that it's working for them so so can you really say that it's not working if a tree I, I, like, falls in a forest and no one is around to hear it did it really fall down? That's kind of where Fear the Walking Dead and all of the Walking Dead spinoffs are right now. Well, like, does anybody know they're still on? Does anyone know what's happening with these shows? Ca- Please prove counter me question. wrong. Like, tell me if you're still watching. I would love to know if there are any counter counter question. If a tree falls in a in a forest, does it make TV channels a lot of money? And if the answer is yes, then it did fall and it's there. But if and no it, one's watching it, do you make money off of it? I'm just saying, someone's got to be making money somewhere. That's <laughs> Otherwise, it probably wouldn't be on. But I do think... I'm going to Google it right now. I do think it's still on. There's Fear the Walking Dead. There's Walking Dead. They had like a little Seven. kid Walking Dead at one point. I know. It's still on. Well, at least it was on on June 5th. 
So it's still going on. See, I yeah, just renewed for an eighth season. So it's still going. Jeez. I, I feel like Someone's and maybe this it. is maybe this is the like the person who's getting exhausted with Marvel and super extended universes in general. But I beg of TV producers, movie producers, you have a successful show. Don't milk it dry. What it, what let it, it, yeah. let no, it go I, out I agree. on a high note. Let it have a merciful death. Everyone will remember it very well. And then find new content to mine, especially in the fantasy field. There are so many good books out there. If you're like saying, oh, well, we don't have any other good source material, you're just not looking hard enough. I feel like we retread kind of the same things. Like Game of Thrones was refreshing because it felt like Lord of the Rings was getting retread over and over. And it's about to get retread again by Amazon. But it felt like, you know, we were coming off the heels of Lord of the Rings and there was no new fantasy property. And then Game of Thrones came in and felt like something fresh and new. There's so many good books, so many good series. Tap into Brandon Sanderson. The dude pumps out books. Like, just pick a series, pick a new series, and try to Game of Thronesify it. Find what would make it successful. Get a good scriptwriter to translate the book to television and make it happen. Don't just beat one thing that was successful to death, in my opinion. I just, I feel like a lot of people, if you're not like a, a fantasy reading nerd, sci-fi reading nerd like I am, like, look at the Hugo Awards. Look at the list of books that are out there. Pick something new. Like, I guarantee you, you can find good storytelling in a book series that's out there that you can mine and make into a hit television series if you put the right resources behind it. So the main show is not over. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just Googling Walking Dead this whole time. The main show is still going. Did you know that? So Fear the Walking Dead and Walking Dead, still going. Walking well, Dead's on season main, 11. The main Walking Dead show, I think, is ending. And then they're going to do a it's ending, with It's ending, but Arrow. it's not over yet. Yeah, right. Correct. That's crazy. That's, I mean, that's just, that's not, I don't think it's right. We've, we've spun off a little bit here. But the moral of the story is, let shows die <laughs> a graceful death. Don't do, don't do this. And like, the Jon Snow show might be good. They should call it that, the Jon Snow show. But it, it does feel... I would love... I really hope I instead know. of this being like an epic show, they make like a farce out of it where Jon Snow is like a talk show host and it's like the Jon Snow show. Yes. The Jon Snow show. Whatever happened to the Patrick Star show? It's supposed to be a thing. Great Sorry. question. <laughs> we'll see. No details yet. Obviously, this is in very early development, so we really know next to nothing other than then that they have it in mind. So we'll keep an eye out on that for you. And for now, we will swing into What Are You Up To Wednesday? I'm going to keep my update short because I already mentioned my Roomba story and just say that we did finish Stranger Things or the, the Stranger Things episodes that are available to us. And I know you guys did as well. I, could, I, I wish I could say more, but I really can't without taking us to Spoiler Town. And I, I don't want to do that. We're going to do a spoiler cast in, in July, the secret segment, I believe. So for now, I'll leave it at that. That's it for me. I did download a game on the Nintendo e the Nintendo eShop just that's that's my update PSA the Nintendo eShop is great I bought a game there for less than four dollars and I haven't played it yet but I'm really excited to because it costs less than four dollars Dicey Dungeons I'm in I'm into the board game stuff right now so I'll let you guys know how that is and in the meantime I'll swing it over to Nerd Bomber so for me I think my biggest update we started watching season three of Barry and if you aren't familiar with the show it's an HBO original and it's Bill Hader is the star and I think he's the executive producer on the show. So 
If you aren't familiar with the show, he's a vet who came back to, you know, the United States after war and a family friend got him into the field of basically being an assassin. And he is a very good assassin, but he starts having like issues with morality because it's not really what he wants to do and doesn't want to be a monster. And so he starts taking an acting class, which is led by Henry Winkler, who plays the Fonz on Happy Days. And so the first two seasons were really kind of focusing on how he grappled the balance between, you know, his hitman life and then trying to become a normal person, taking acting classes, trying to get a girlfriend, what have you. Season three, I think, is a little bit less on the comedy side of things because it was always kind of like a dark comedy But season three has really shown more of like his mental spiraling and how he's kind of, you know, getting into a dark place where he's having issues. And a lot of things happen in the first two seasons I don't want to spoil. But basically, he's in a very dark mental place and kind of how he's grappling a little unsuccessfully with, you know, that balance that I was talking about earlier, how he's maybe not having such an easy time trying to portray that like normal person side of him that he really desperately wants to have. And so it's it's good. It's still very good, but it's much I feel like darker than the first two seasons. So, yeah, that that's kind of my big update. Other than that, you know, just celebrating Father's Day and uh having a long weekend for Juneteenth. So, enjoying the weather, cleaning the pool, that is all, always a very very hard thing, especially like Any sign of the this mail- time of year. The mallard problem has been solved. We put a fake plastic owl out and he has not returned. Dang. So unfortunately, Dang. my pet duck is gone, but the pool is clean. So that is my big update. Right on. Tactic. So for me, guys, I had my bachelor party this weekend. And uh, oh, that's fun right. fact about me, I don't like drinking too much. But what I do like, if you guys don't know this, is food. Eating what too much. Oh, I love I, I love eating until basically I'm sick. And guys, mission accomplished. Illegal and a couple other couple other friends yeah. of mine. We all went camping. We brought ribs, we brought burgers, we brought sausage, we brought jalapeno poppers. Who we sausage party. It was a phenomenal sausage party. But that was literally really a sausage morning. party. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we camped. We 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 chatted around the fire. We cooked a lot of food, and we just had overall a good time. If if you haven't been camping this season, go do it. It was it was wonderfully cool out. So it wasn't like hot and humid and sticky. So everyone slept peak, phenomenally. It was, it was peak sleeping weather. Peak camp sleeping weather. It was like like around the fire. It was pretty cold. But like get get to your tent. Get all snugged up in your in your little sleeping bag. Put your hood up. And you're going to Slumbertown. That was that was my experience, anyways. Ab- so. Absolutely, it was just just wonderful. So, so I, I post game report. So after the bachelor party, you think are you think you're going to go through with it? To like the wedding and everything? Yeah, I think so. All right, I'm going to have to ask well, you yours. Post yours. We'll check back in. My bachelor party is this coming weekend. So stay tuned for some saucy updates. Will there be a sausage party? I literally don't know what we're doing. So I. I couldn't speculate. I'll bring um, the Italian sausages. Get it? Because uh, he's Italian. But um, yeah, he's an Italian. He has an Italian sausage with him at all times. Someone yeah. has a quiz. I actually don't know who is quizzing me today. I just know that I lost because I am on an unbelievably bad streak. So who am I playing? Who am I losing to? You I are playing Tactic, question. and I am hosting the quiz, and it is about Velociraptors. 
Jurassic June. I, I feel you. So, so Technic is eight and six. Nerd Bomber seven and eight. I'm seven and nine. Steven one and one. Used to be undefeated. Nerd Bomber beat him. We'll never forgive her for it. Uh, but for now, I'll try and Steven, I'll try to avenge you. How about that? I'll do my best. I'm probably about to embarrass myself. But so actually, I'm not playing Nerd Bomber today. So I, I can't avenge you today. But I'll avenge you. I don't know. Next time I play Nerd Bomber, whatever. So this is going to be Price is Right style as always. It's going to be whoever is the closest numerically to the answer without going over will get the point. And I have five questions. So when was the first Velociraptor fossil discovered? Am I going first? Yes. Yeah, yeah, you're going first. This was later. This was 1820. I don't think that's particularly late. I, I, I don't even know if they were doing that crap in the 1800s. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I did last week, even though it didn't work for me then. I'm gonna use my plus one early and say 1821. So it did work for you this week. The first Velociraptor fossil was actually discovered on August 11th, 1923, in the Gobi Desert of Mongolia. It was discovered by Peter Kaizan on the first American. Kaizan. Thank you for that. <laughs> on the first American Museum of Natural History expedition to the Gobi Desert, and the fossil consisted of a skull. And a toe claw. Fun fact. It was mid nose pick. Even, That's why I was like, I am. I'm on the board. This you is are a, on weird the board. Feeling. I don't even know if I got on the board last week. So this, I'm already improving. For the first time in a long time, you are winning a trivia game with no plus all ones. Right, all right. <laughs> I I I can say it. you guys can't make fun of me. That's not that's not as fun. Okay, let's continue. So there are actually two species of velociraptors. In what year was the second species of the Velociraptor discovered? So this would be after the first date that you said. We're talking disco times here. This is the 70s. It took him a bit. 71. 1971. This was was later, but it wasn't that late. This was like, this was like 1940. Illegal gets another point here. This was actually, you guys are very far off though. This was actually pretty recently. The second species of the Velociraptor, also discovered in Mongolia, was discovered in 2008. They just stopped digging? What the hell? Any time is disco times if you want it to be. 2008 (laughs) was totally disco times. Sure thing. I I prefer to think of that time as, you know, like emo punk rock sort of times. But if you want to call it disco times, you do you, boo-boo. Also, housing collapse times was was two thousand eight. Yeah, the whole market. <laughs> you want to get dark with it? I was digging <laughs> for fossils, and I was discoing. All right, hey, this is fun. I'm having a good time. So, approximately, how many velociraptors would it take to weigh the same amount as a T Rex? I'm calculating in my head. Do you actually know how much a velociraptor would weigh? Yeah. Ooh. 152 velociraptors. It's not that many. I'm going to conservatively say 10. I know it's quite a bit larger than that, but I don't think it's 152. Tectic gets his first point. So velociraptors are actually much smaller than mainstream media would yeah, have you tiny believe. Boys. They're very tiny boys and they weigh around 30 pounds. That means you would need 500 to match the weight of the average T-Rex. So Tectic gets the first point. Illegal was very far off, but he is still it's winning. Not, it's, it's two to one. It's not fun anymore. I'm not having a good time anymore. <laughs> So velociraptors, you know, they're always chasing things and all, all of the movies and stuff. They're always chasing things. How fast do scientists estimate that velociraptors could run? Again, this is, I think this is less 
similar to what you just said of like they're they're not as big as you think i don't think they're as fast as you think either tight 25 mph 25 neil patrick harris's 26 there it is he did it this was very close but you both busted it's like 24 <laughs> it, it is in fact 24 miles per hour according oh, snap. according to britannica i don't understand quite frankly how they figure this out because you know we don't have any exactly 24 but <laughs> like funny. hey i don't know maybe they like there's some way they can measure i bet you there's a standard distribution and i got that one right i bet you that's an average based on their leg like their stride and i'd say i was right well in this case, though, the answer is 24, so you're wrong. So, so the winning going into the final question. This is the final question. While the Velociraptor has always been portrayed as featherless in, you know, media, books, movies, and in fact, most dinosaurs have been portrayed as featherless dinos, paleontologists discovered quill knobs, or that's really where, you know, feathers of the birds are anchored to bones in, in regular birds, on a well-preserved Velociraptor forearm. In what year did they find this forearm, indicating that the dinosaur had feathers? This was in 2001. It's later than that. 06. Disco times. Illegal. I have to inform you that you have won your first trivia game in a while. That's that's what I'm talking about, baby. What was the number? They discovered Dif- the forearm in 2007. Again in Mongolia. Mongolia is apparently oh, like snap. the velociraptor captor- capital of the so world. You were so close to busting. I was on my game today. Don't hate the player, hate the game. Or hate the player. It's really up to you. I moved to eight and nine, Tactic eight and seven, Nerd Bomber seven and eight, Steven one and one. So again, we're we're all we're all knotted up here. Not a whole lot has changed, but I you know, I can pat myself on the back. Let's just let's just put it that way. So yeah, good good quizzing. We are gonna hit that dusty trail, but before we do, we do have an announcement. In case it was not clear from all the talk of Roomba's received it bridal showers and bachelor parties and whatnot uh we're getting married uh, not to each other well let me explain i'm getting married to, to someone who is not on this podcast tactic and nerd bomber are in fact marrying each other and i'm like i'm having a good time right now imagining someone who's been listening for a long time being like what like they didn't know because i feel like it, it, i feel like it should be obvious but maybe like perspective they're getting married to each other i'm getting married to somebody else we're all getting married in like august times so we have made the decision to make August a hiatus month for the Online Warriors podcast. Now, if you are a Patreon producer or a Patreon subscriber in general, do not panic. Uh, we will be pausing your payments, but they will automatically resume when we resume our shows in September. And really no change in benefit schedules or anything like that. So nothing to be concerned about. We will, of course, miss y'all. But weddings are hard. Is that, is that, is that a fair? Uh, there's a lot to do. So in August, well, we, we, will weddings, be, we will be off. We got honeymoons. So we simply just won't be around. But I, I am proud to say this. I, I think is our first hiatus in the five years that we've first been time. doing this. First time. Every, everyone has their limits, guys. We've, this is our first hiatus we've ever done. Uh, it feels right. Hopefully it feels right to you. And we'll be back in September ready to, ready to mix it up. Well, not mix it up. And we'll be, be doing clear, much the same thing. Nerd Bomber will be changing her name to Tech Chick. No, I will not. But we'll still be around June and July, so never fear. We'll still be in your ear. Right. We're just Came getting the word that out. that rhyme on the you know. spot. <laughs> in short, never fear. Online Warriors is here. But not in August. 
we'll be back we'll be back in september we'll be here until august but in august we will be taking a brief hiatus so uh any questions tweet at us uh, let us know what your thoughts feelings opinions etc and in the meantime i will spin it over to tactic to take us out with a tech tip if anyone ever tells you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, just remember, physics says that that's impossible. We're not cartoons. We can't lift ourselves up by, by pulling on our own t-shirts. So just say, hey, why don't you take a physics class, buddy? This is my favorite one so far. Definitely. So keep, bear that in mind and have a great week.